Welcome to the Back Pain Podcast with Rob and Dave, the only show geared specifically to help educate you about your back pain. We talk to the experts to bust the myths, break down the science, and give you all the top tips for living pain-free. So, if you're driving to work, tidy in the house, or even laid up at home in pain, we have something for everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. Now, today we are interviewing Ricky Davis. Uh, Ricky is a chiropractor and a specialist bike fitter. He's working out of Richmond in London. Uh, we talk to him about all things back pain and cycling from position, um, how he'll do one of his specialist bike fittings. Uh, we go really in depth into the uh, the positions on the bike and how you should be using it. It's very, very interesting. I'd recommend listening to this uh, podcast, whether you are a stone cold beginner, whether you've been cycling for years, doesn't matter if you've got back pain and you still cycle. It turns out it's hugely important to be checking out um, both yourself and the bike that you're riding. I think you're going to love it. Whether you uh, bike or not, whether you're a cyclist or not, uh, you'll notice my shocking lack of cycling knowledge, uh, but I think it's really, really good. Check it out. The Back Pain Podcast featuring Ricky Davis, Back Pain and Cycling. Here we go. Hello there and welcome to the Back Pain Podcast. My name is Dave. I'm here with Rob. Hello. And I'm here with Ricky Davis. Hello. So guys, Ricky is a chiropractor, a bike fitter. Uh, He's been working for some time now and he's going to be talking cycling and back pain with us today. Uh, Strap on in. It's going to be a fun ride. Exciting times. (laughs) So welcome Ricky. How are we doing? Good. I'm feeling good. Brilliant. I've put my Rafa t-shirt on ready to go. Fantastic. You're looking very bike today. Thank you so much. (laughs) Very bike. And you're fresh off the plane from where? Oh, sunny Mauritius. Lovely. Yeah, it was was lovely. Uh, A few degrees hotter than here. Yeah, just a bit. But I will say one one thing. Do not cycle in Mauritius. They uh, drive like maniacs. Really? Oh, good. Yeah, to mad. Just in case, these so. are good tips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First nugget of the day. Wow. <laughs> thick and fast, people. Thick and fast. So, tell us a bit about where you work, how you work. Um, sure. Obviously, with your bike fit slash chiropractor. Sure. So, uh, I currently have a clinic in uh, Richmond, which is a bit of a cycling hub in in London. Um, we started that uh, seven years ago, um, and it just so happens to be above a bike shop. And uh, it happens to be the oldest bike shop in the world. So, in the pre- world, yeah, it is indeed a pretty good one. Um, and at that time, I was also training to be a um, bike fitter. So, essentially, combined the two of those things. Um, loved bikes, loved helping people, and bike fit essentially enables me to do both. So I set up after doing a a cycle fit course in Richmond um, and then also started um, a um, offering in central London for a company called uh, Pure Sports Medicine. And it was there that um, we first started to use bike fit as an integral part of treatment for back pain, knee pain and a whole host of other um, injuries or pain that uh, people um, suffer whilst riding bikes. So we were having referrals from physios osteos chiros and then that kind of progressed to uh, sports doctors and even surgeons and using bike fit as a um as as a way of actually even preventing uh, surgery 
So, so um, people were going to surgeons with back pain. Exactly. And, then, and the surgeons were then learning to say, have you considered a bike fit first exactly. before we get on the line of yeah. operating? And bike fit was just becoming um, an integral part of cyclists' uh, management, especially if cycling was the part or partly or mostly a cause of their pain. Okay. Yeah, so... Essentially, I get to play with bikes and bodies, <laughs> and I love doing both. So, brilliant, fantastic. Yeah, that's a good nugget there. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then, you, we talked about that it's quite common. So, how common actually is it? So, I know obviously you see it a lot yeah. more than the majority, but yeah. you know, looking at the evidence, how common yeah. is it? In- so, prevalence is it's quite a difficult one. There's not much out there really, but um, there's a fifty-fifty split really between acute uh, trauma injuries on a bike. So that's essentially falling off. Um, and fracturing something or abrasions, that kind of stuff, and the chronic overuse injuries or pain. Uh, so there's a 50-50 split between the two. Um, and then when it comes to specific overuse injuries like back pain, back pain itself is about third, third or fourth on the list of most common injuries that people will present with. Um, neck pain, uh, hip pain, and uh, knee pain tend to be more prevalent. Okay. Um, but we see generally a whole mix, hand pain, uh, ankle foot pain. There's, there's a huge, huge um, yeah. amount of things that can go wrong. Well, there's a lot of stress on lots of different parts of the of the body. So exactly. You can it's all- and for a prolonged period of time as well. Yeah. Um, cycling itself is a high load um, and repetitive uh, activity, so it does put people's body in um, body sorry in a in a, uh, a position where um, you can have overload and injury. Interesting. So in terms of the actual population of patients that you see, is there a specific type of cyclist you see more often? I mean, is this more the weekend warriors who work hard all week and then go out at the weekend or more yeah. pros or more triathletes who do mixed sports? What's what's the... It's, the it's usually, especially f- kind of from where we're coming from, it's the majority is amateur cyclists and there's a whole range. I mean, we have people just starting out to people that have been riding their bikes for a a long, long time. Um, Triathletes, road cyclists, cross um, cyclists, it it really doesn't matter. Um, Everyone is open to pain and and injury, to be honest. Um, Male and female cyclists tend to get similar uh, injuries um, from the same piece of research, which um, is... Uh, showing the prevalence or frequency of of injury. Um, Interesting point from that, uh, the male cyclists, um, the ones that were training harder uh, for uh, more frequent training sessions um, would uh, have more likelihood of pain, um, which you would... um, Increase time. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. Um, But an interesting one was a, a lower number of gears, so if if you're um, a cyclist, using your gears is a very important thing to start to start thinking about because you're more prone to injury potentially if you don't use your gears or if you have lower amount of gears. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. So you're trying to push through that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is why we're always trying to um, push for a higher cadence around 90. Um, revolutions. The amount of revolutions exactly. of, of your pedals. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's the spinning. So the more spinning you do as opposed to grinding, exactly. leading from side to side is yeah. too, puts and a the lot theory, more stress through. Yeah, and the everything. theory behind that is that you're just putting less uh, force through your joints, especially your hips, uh, knees, lower back, ankles. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then when it comes to women, uh, they are f- 1.5 to 2 times more likely to have neck pain oh, really? uh, on a bike. 
uh, was another interesting thing to come from that. Um, potentially muscle bulk, potentially um, the bike, which um, it had well historically been set up for guys. Yeah. Um, and only now sort of fairly recently have women started to do women's uh, specific um, bike fitting. So, yeah. So how does a woman specific bike fit different from a male specific? Bike um, fit? It tends to be a little shorter um on the bike fit itself and the saddle will differ when you say shorter you mean in terms of length reach what uh reach so the reach, the reach to the handlebars from the saddle isn't yeah, quite as but as again it will hugely depend from person to person okay the the, the major structural differences between men and, and women are, are um pelvis so, uh, yeah. shape so saddle selection um is one of those it's things key. so yeah is is we'll look at more between male and female cyclists but more and more so it's it's very dependent on the actual person itself oh interesting or themselves now as a as a non-cycler sure um, cyclist i mean it's like well, there you are. <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong guys Cycler. i've been to center parks but <laughs> i wouldn't call myself a cyclist so is there still a difference in men's and women's bikes? Is it just the the fit of that bike to then uh, fit the person in front of you? Uh, do they have different styles of bikes? Should you be looking for that when buying one? Uh, what, what are we doing? Uh, yes. Yes, there is. But again, women will fit on men's bikes and vice versa. It depends on the size um, of your limbs, essentially. And when you are looking for a uh, bike, always look at the uh, manufacturer's sizing charts. So it's a good place to start that will get you in the right size of bike and then we just need to make sure that um, you are aware of uh, essentially how flexible potentially you are how long you've been riding for because both of those things will play a part in what sort of bike you will fit properly it tends to be that a larger frame if you're between sizes a larger frame will be a little more relaxed in terms of its geometry so um, potentially if you're looking to do more uh, longer um, sportive rides it's a good idea to go a little bit larger um, in size um, or if you're looking for something a little bit more aggressive a racing bike then potentially go for the slightly smaller size that can be adapted but that will be more aggressive um, it will have more drop purely because you'll have more saddle height and potential to have so you're leaning forward more exactly okay to get the same saddle height you will need to have more seat posts okay. out of the bike so it does uh, limit you slightly in that but the rule is if you know if, you, if you're looking for more relaxed fit go for the slightly larger size okay so then we've spoken about that we do get these common if we focus on back pain it's obviously that's the theme of this you said mm -hmm. that you know 30 percent or a third of people cycling will have back pain or yep. of the injuries will be back pain yep is there a specific type of back pain? I know you said if we ignore trauma, um, because sure. I'm sure there's lots of traumatic injuries that can happen, out of those common kind of overuse injuries, what are the ones that you see more frequently? Um, because cycling is um, putting the body into a prolonged flexion position, um, the more... Flexion uh, being bent forwards. Flexion yeah. being bent forwards, um, seated, um, it will put more mechanical load pressure into the anterior parts or the front parts of the spine so that's where the discs are um, so we tend to see a fair amount of discogenic pain or sensitivity um, we also see a lot of lower back muscle tightness most likely due to the fact that it's someone is either too um, uh, far um, in terms of handlebar length um, or too far dropped at a certain point, your lower back will actually, your lower back muscles will actually start to engage to try to stop you from uh, traveling forward on the handlebars. 
Um, so you tend to get essentially what happens is your muscles just start screaming at you. They're saying they're, you know, we're working too hard and we get a, a compartment type syndrome where your muscles aren't getting the blood flow they need. They're working too hard and they're, and they're telling you that. So they are. And so describe that typical type of patient. Will that be a patient who is getting a lot of pain the beginning, the end of the ride, after yeah. the ride, how will they usually present? It's usually what will happen. They will be able to cycle as they warm up, they feel okay. And then they'll hit a point in, in the, a part of the ride where um, their muscles fatigue yeah. um, and the loads start actually traveling through their spine or the muscles are actually just getting to a point where they've done essentially done too much. Um, and say an hour or so after after starting that ride, um, they will start to have niggly pain at the lower lumbar or lower part of their spine. Um, and as they come up off the bike, they feel tight. Yeah, yeah, almost that kind of creaky feeling. You feel older than you you know you should feel. Feel, um, and that's not normal. You know, people think, oh, that's actually a normal feeling. I should, you know, that that's just cycling. It's not. You know, you, you, that's good to know yeah, yeah you, you don't need to be feeling this kind of stuff um if you are in the right position your body is balanced and that's kind of i think we're going to talk about that a little bit later anyway but it's essentially the the positioning and what i see most in terms of, of bike fitting the, ma the major problem is this balance issue a lot of people think that just raising the the handlebars um will solve most issues um, but actually what happens if you start to go too high um, th with your handlebars and actually have something where you're sat up like a Dutch bike, uh, a sit up and bed bike, um, you actually end up pushing yourself back off the bike. Okay. So the balance goes. So, so you can be too far down forward on the handlebars, but you can also be too high. Okay. Um, so it's a, a, the balance that we're really trying to you know, look, okay. into, look for. And then we mentioned, you mentioned a lot of pressure going through the discs. Do you see many cyclists with sciatica? Um, you know, yeah. kind of, you know, what we'd call slip discs, herniated discs, yeah. disc bulges. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's what tends to come with that disc overload or disc, disc um, anterior pressure is that the sciatic nerve travels close to that area, um, or at least the nerve roots do. Um, and they can refer down um, into the leg. So not only is there mechanical pressure on the saddle, but also in the lower back. So we tend to see a lot of that kind of stuff too. And that's what will prevent a lot of people from cycling or at least make them fear cycling. Yeah. And imagine that, I mean, that you see a lot, those patients are less likely to come in with a bike because they're mm. probably too uncomfortable to sit on it. Yeah. So it sounds like more, you know, to sum up that then the mechanical overload muscle type patients are the people who will see they're more if started cycling or they are cyclists and they will get be getting a pain building up as they are cycling they sure. get off they stretch it might reduce a bit and yeah. you can get back on the bike again but then obviously taking out the trauma the sciatic type patients are more they're more in a lot they're a lot exactly. of pain initially so they probably were less likely to get yeah. to get and on then the you bike. go to, you know you go to your therapist uh, you have some treatment, things get better, you get back on your bike and potentially it comes back. So this is why we're trying to uh, look at both of these things a little bit more so that these things don't come back. So then that brings us brings on quite nicely another segue onto kind of then so how you know, we've guessed already that the bike fit is quite important. So how is it that so what how well, I can't speak how important is that bike fit? You know, what are the potential problems or other potential problems that if you you might see if you don't have so a bike fit, so to, in, in terms of a brief overview of what a bike fit is, um, it starts with uh, the feet. It, it starts with us looking at how a person moves. 
Um, coming from a, a therapist background, we are looking at that person. Can this person actually sit on the bike that they're brought in? Um, um, again, we'll go over this, I think, in a minute in terms of what we're specifically looking for. But does this person actually um, look like they can ride this bike? Um, we start with cleat setup, um, have a look at the shoes, their foot position. Um, we then look at saddle height, saddle fore and aft, which is the movement of the saddle forward and backwards. Um, and then we are working towards um, handlebar um, position as well. And again, that can be changed um, to be further away from you, closer to you, and again, up and down. Um, so there's a lot that can be changed on a bike fit and a lot of things that can be wrong when a person comes in. Um, so it tends to be that a person is uh, a centimeter, maybe too, too low, too high, and that's causing a specific um, ache or pain. Um, and it will take too long to go into every single one. Um, but changing one thing on a bike will then change other things. Yeah. So if I take someone up two centimeters, they've also gone backwards a little bit. So then we need to have a look at where they are in terms of their knee over pedal, which is how far forward or back they are. So on all a bike. slots together. Exactly. Like a, IKEA piece of furniture. Exactly. Just, you know. <laughs> and we have a load of numbers, which essentially say, right, this person is looking good. You know, here they're lighting up green. They, everything is where it should be. Um, but then it comes down to human beings being individual and different so we are then talking to that patient or that person and essentially saying how do you feel on this bike a, per a person can be uh, in a perfect position uh, in terms of numbers but actually they feel uncomfortable okay. so then we start to actually dial in what is perfect for them and that might be high normal low normal but we're just working to what works for them and will that be due to their own flexibility Absolutely. mobility strength kind of how they are so that's where yeah. you come in as a yeah the benefit to you being a therapist whether your exactly. bike fits done by a physio or a chiro because you're probably not always but yeah. often more adaptable in terms of yeah. assessing patients range of motion exactly. and and so when we were training there was a massive emphasis on um, bringing the body to fit the bike too right so it's not just changing a bike to fit a body now it has to be both coming together to get the optimum I suppose there's only so much you can absorb through that bike fit. If there's a, a problem with the, the machine running the bike, it's easier to fix that than... Exactly. And the body is infinitely changeable, whereas a bike is less so. Uh -huh. So, you know, it's it's better to work on yourself than just, yeah. the, just the bike because it's not always going to be perfect from the get-go. So are there common faults then if you that people will often have in themselves that you see all the time that you say, okay, I know they've got lower back pain, they're yeah. most likely going to have whether it's hamstrings or hips yeah. or what do you see most frequently? It tends to be hamstring tightness a lot of the time yeah. and, and hip tightness as well. Just I think purely because people sit down for long periods of time yeah. and, and get tight in, in those areas. Um, and that will um, directly affect their ability to sit on a bike and bend forward. It yeah. reduces your ability to do that. And if you are tight in those muscles, then it inhibits your ability to bend from the, from the hips which then puts more load into your hip, uh, into your lower back. You bend from other areas to exactly. compensate. Yeah. And then from there, you put more pressure into the lower back. And that's what, where we come to kind of the, the, um, the general aches and pains that we see uh, in the lower back. And then, so then if you, as a therapist, you fit them to that bike sure. and you, you know, fit them according to their current hamstring range of motion or their mm -hmm. tight hips, you send them away, I assume, with some bits to work on, some strength sure. work or some stretches, whatever it might be. Do you then have to then refit them? if they yeah. then make changes. Yeah, and, and we do advise that and we're always communicating with that person 
Um, but it tends to be around uh, a year, something like that, post the first fit. That person, if they've been, a while. Yeah, yeah, if that person has been riding for uh, a long period of time, then they will change. Um, over that over that period the thing is if we're changing things too often and you know if we send someone out and actually you know they feel great uh we're not going to bring them in in say a few months time yeah. and then change that again their, their body will adapt yeah uh, and we send you know we, we do send with some um some suggestions as well being you know if you feel like you are getting more flexible and you feel like that you are able to say drop that handlebar another half a centimeter yeah. a centimeter then you know feel free to do so as long as you're able to mechanically so and your body you know, will tell you yeah exactly but then the importance of say having a follow-up at, at a year is things can really change during that time and we may well be able to change other components at, um, at that point amazing yeah that's cool so- so if you focus on hamstrings, if you said that's the most common, mm-hmm. how do you assess someone's hamstring length? Do you touch the floor? Yeah, can you, exactly. It would literally, your, how can it, people at home, you know, check? Do yeah, I have to it would hamstring? be a toe touch. So literally just bending uh, forwards to touch your toes in a, in a standing position or in a seated position. Okay. Um, if you aren't able to get to your toes, um, that's something that you would definitely be looking to work on. Um, in the uh, clinic room, we'd be looking at hamstring length specifically because the forward bend will actually bring in uh, other... Uh, other yeah other areas as well like the lower back um so it's it's about working out where uh, specifically is the target area and working on that especially if you're low on time yep mm. and then is there a key exercise stretch strengthening that you will find yourself giving a lot you know yeah. stretches stiff leg deadlifts what do you yeah. often do a lot of so it's things that are again specific for cycling so if we're looking at mobility um we're looking at things like pigeon poses which are it's a it's a yoga pose where you're actually putting yourself into a forward flex position but actually stretching through your hips at the same time your glutes um in terms of strengthening things like dead bugs um which are an amazing core exercise but again you are in a pedaling movement as, as you're doing that exercise and working on your 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 abdominals um and glute strength and glute strength on one leg yeah uh purely because it's a single leg movement um and uh, a standing position uh, whether it's a single leg deadlift whether it's a bulgarian split squat a, a bridge something like that they are again going to be invaluable in starting to strengthen you off of the bike and we try and put emphasis on not just working on the bike but off of it as well working we can put a link to some of those exercises yeah, yeah. in the show notes. Absolutely, so I yeah, easy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, People are like, what the hell is a dead bug? Yeah. For sure. It makes a lot of sense if you imagine a bug yeah. lying on their back. And yeah. it's, a, it's a very good, I give it a lot to dead bug. Actually. It's one of my most common, <laughs> it's common a exercises. It's a, it's a good one. So if you're thinking about bike fit, so, you know, Mr. Smith out there has just got a new bike for Christmas. Sure. We're recording this in January. Yeah. Um, when, how can she tell if she's in the right position? So is there a way to tell without pain? you know yeah and and the major thing is to try to at least get yourself in some form of um scientifically okay position before you just go out and ride on a bike that potentially is way too low way too high or or whatever because putting yourself into a into a painful position is not ideal we're we're backtracking at that point yeah so in an ideal world you would have either uh, someone look at you uh, immediately as you're buying the bike or at the point of purchase Um, or if you're not able to do that and you have um, just some some, uh, little things at home like a plumb line um, so literally just just, a uh, uh, piece of string with a heavy thing on the end basically just so it hangs uh, with gravity straight Yeah, yeah exactly um so in terms of looking at um your 
uh, pedal position and saddle height um, at three o'clock on the pedal which is basically with your foot forward on the pedal stroke at three o'clock if you if you imagine a, a clock so 12 o'clock being when your knees fully being bent at the top and you're up at the top three exactly. o'clock being a quarter of the forward. first yeah forward um if you were to hang that plumb line from the front of your knee downwards the plumb line should uh essentially hang or go just in front of the pedal spindle Okay. So you don't want to be too far back Let's get the ball or the foot, too far the, forward. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you don't want to be too far back, too far forward because you're putting excess load into the knee, especially if you're more than two centimeters forward of that okay. point. So in an ideal world that hangs directly down okay. um, just where the pedal spindle is. Um, and then in terms of your saddle height, so where you are in terms of the um, leg length. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, in an ideal world, what you're looking for is at that bottom point. So that's the six o'clock point. Um, you are able just about to drop your heel past the pedal. So your toes are slightly higher than your heel with you centered on the saddle. So don't cheat, don't sort of lean to that side, but yeah. you're going to straighten out the leg fully and the heel just drops below that sat on that saddle. Yeah. Okay. And that puts you in, and obviously this is not going to be perfect for everyone, but that, that just about should put you in a nice uh, range for knee extension yeah um so it's not quite locked but just off exactly when, the, when you're pedaling then yeah and the idea with the heel just lower is that you're never going to be locking out you're never going to yeah. lock out the knee good because I, I don't know about you but i see a lot of people cycling around and often see their saddle is way too low and they're cycling with that almost completely yeah. bent knee the whole way around yeah. and you see them rocking from side to side and there's a, a lot yeah. more weight going through those legs than you have to yeah well there are many muscles working obviously in a pedal stroke um the glutes and the quads being the the most um, powerful of those in in the downward motion of a pedal stroke um and those muscles work better in a certain range and in certain ranges i.e being too low um your knee has excessive loads traveling yeah. through it so the idea of being in this perfect position is you're putting less pressure into the knee joint itself less load into the knee joint and also put putting the muscles the quads and the glutes in an optimal position for them to contract to fire yeah. and um empower the downward the downward stroke and on that in terms of pedaling technique um we would be mostly advising people just to be driving pushing downwards thinking about pushing downwards if you are overly thinking about pulling up and this is um mainly when you're say on the flats rather than climbing climbing you will always have some especially out of the saddle um a so little bit of pulling up for people with cleats or cleats exactly or cycle shoes, yes. exactly um always just try and think about pushing down that's the most important thing to be thinking of um, and pushing through the mid part of your foot so not too toe dominant mid part of your foot and that will help protect the knees a little bit as well um but the idea um with that is essentially you are just um putting again the muscles in the right position for them um for them to work oh amazing so thinking about pulling means that you're placing emphasis on other areas and kind yeah. of distract from it's, it's almost like you want an active clear out on the so you're just making the other foot light rather okay. than really um trying to actively pull up. Your, to pull up yeah your hip flexors and your hamstrings are never going to overpower your quads yeah. and your glutes mm -hmm. so it's better to be resting the other side um whilst uh say pedaling just on a on a flat surface yeah because ah, really, i've I always thought the opposite you know i thought as a you know very intermediate very beginner cyclist i am you know focus on 
try and pull up a bit and get a bit more power if you're sprinting fine you know yeah. you can because I, you're I using every muscle that you can to to power the pedals but in normal standard uh spinning cycling just focusing on driving down uh pushing through the mid part of your foot will activate the right muscles your pistons exactly it? and people who uh tend to be more quad dominant tend to uh tend to have more knee pain as well so if you're pushing more through your toes or your cleats are too far forward you're more likely uh, to be doing that so that's why we focus trying to get someone on pushing through the mid part of their foot a little bit more amazing does the different cleats make a difference i know you get lots of different types of you know ones which are just toe covers and then ones without people without cleats and then all we, sorts of different types all sorts of different yeah different we, we tend to try and put people off of the the toe covers purely because your foot can get stuck yeah. in 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 the pedal if if you're if you're using those um the cleats they clip out nice and easy and and the majority of beginner cyclists that that we see are scared of um using cleats but it's 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 one of these things that you get used to so quickly, so quickly. and it, it makes a massive difference, especially on the on the bike fitting side, because every time you get on the bike, you're going to be in exactly the same position That's so true. Um, and you're connected to the bike at that point. So everything just feels uh, easier once you're used to it. And yeah, you might have one or two silly falls, but it's mainly your ego rather than uh, yeah. anything else that gets injured at that point. So it's yeah. The tip I always give, sorry, Dave, you must say something. Oh, the tip I always give for my patients for cleats is to get a turbo trainer at home and just practice clipping in, clipping yeah. out, clipping in, and just getting on and off the bike quickly. And you actually realize that actually it's really simple. Whereas if the first time you're in a car park and you feel okay and you try to go out the car park and you have to stop quickly and you've only unclipped twice, mm. it can suddenly be a little bit more nerve wracking. Whereas if you're just used to doing it, you know, from a standing position in your living room that the bike's not going to go anywhere. It's, it makes it a lot easier but I always find it's clipping in that was the harder initially so when mm. you're at traffic lights ready to go and you try and clip in quickly and there's a car coming that's when I used to panic but uh, <laughs> but no that was it so in terms of um, we mentioned about the com- common faults you see is there anything specific with lower back pain that you see more is it the hamstrings that you spoke about earlier uh, yeah and the, the majority uh, of the issues in terms of bike fitting um, is someone could be uh, too low in terms of the front end of the bike. Um, so they're putting excess stress into the lower part of the back. They're too flexed forward. Um, or they might be even too high, as we were saying before, where they're actually pushing themselves off the back of the bike every time they're pedaling. Um, on a road bike, you have to have some sort of balance between okay. the two. Um, that should enable your back to be quiet during cycling or less active. Yeah. Um, if, if you're too low or too high, the back will be doing more. If you're too low or if you're too high um, in terms of saddle height, that can also do the same things. Uh, okay. So it sounds like then everyone, whether they're in pain or not, would benefit from a bike fit. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're first getting into cycling if you're first getting cycling it's one of these things that being set up in the right position initially will essentially change your view on cycling because if you go into cycling and just immediately think it's painful you're not going to stick with it and pain is the biggest limiter of performance on a bike essentially because you're not able to do what you love to do um so getting a bike fit to start with is is so important and actually thinking about um the common things we see with with back pain as well um saddle position um we, we have people coming in with saddles tilted down, saddle, saddles t- tilted up. 
Um, Tilted up. Meaning the, the 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 front of the saddle is actually facing up in the air, which is Ooh, terrible. You, sounds you, uncomfortable. You definitely, yeah, you definitely do not want to do that. But the 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 first one is more uh, prevalent. Being um, people tend to point their saddles down because they think actually, right, I'm going to have less pressure underneath in in that yeah. in in just you know in the sensitive areas. Um, so what that will actually do is put more pressure into that because you roll forward. Yeah. So you roll forward onto that painful spot. So actually what what we really try and promote is flat Neutral saddle, saddle. Yeah, or just slightly down, yeah. potentially slightly angled down, but never backwards. Again, that's okay. going to put a lot of pressure into the lower back. So saddle fit is another part. I learned a lot about bike fitting. And I know that we've spoken mostly today about road bikes. So skinny wheeled mm-hmm. type, you know, cycling on the road. Sure. Is it also important in more of a downhill type mountain bike type position? Yeah, mountain bikes, TT bikes, everything, um, everything in terms of cycling, that the, the movement is the same. Yeah. The fit will be slightly different because of the demands of each specific type of cycling. But especially tt yeah exactly especially tt um and most people will come in thinking about performance thinking about their aerodynamic position but as i said before it discomfort will be the thing that limits yeah. you the most if someone's coming in for a tt fit then obviously we're thinking a little bit more about their aerodynamics um especially if it's a shorter uh, type race that they're doing like time trials however if it's a longer term time uh, time, tri- uh, time trial or triathlon, um, again we're looking for comfort because that pay- that person has to get up and, and run, yeah, mm. um, and they have to be comfortable for the time that they're working on the bike. So their back can't be screaming at them when they're no. about to get off and do a, do a marathon part of no. an Ironman. That's <laughs> exactly n- not ideal. So in terms of actually an actual bike fit, are there multiple different types? I know you said you mentioned use a few numbers and all mm-hmm. lit up green. I think the phrase you said. Is that a, a digital type bike fit? Or do you just use your eyes? How do you do it physically? Yeah, so coming from the cycle fit um, perspective. We're, cycle we, fit's the, the brand. Cycle, so, yeah, yeah, brand. It's, it's how I train. It's, I think, the same as Trek at the minute. Um, and that's their precision fitting, I believe. Um, we are using numbers, but also we are um, talking to that person the entire fit. So we have um, a nice, normal... Um, positions and positions that we know will be uh, good for joint mobility and muscle function but as we say everyone is different and every fit will be specific and will change depending on how much or how little that person is doing Um, some um, bike fitters will use uh, full systems so like big um, electronic systems that will um, show up green lights um, and enable um, that person to actually see visually um, that they are in the right position. But again, the bike fitter has to be able to um, decode that and as well talk to that person. To the person. Exactly, mm-hmm. because it's not always going to be perfect. Okay. So there's no major advantage by having an all singing, all dancing bike fit compared to a level down, compared to someone who really knows what they're talking about just using their eyes. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a, the system is retool and the retool stuff, it, it's it's really nice to have. Yeah. Um, it is really not and it does give you a, a visual representation um, but that has to be used uh, well. well yeah you, you can't just be depending on that system that that, um, that technology so just because your your local bike shop doesn't have an all singing or dancing bike store you can still get a really good bike fit from someone who really absolutely. knows what they're talking about just by using their eyes and a plumber yeah. absolutely and talking to you yeah amazing so for any cyclists out there now who have back pain is there anything which they can do to 
check or check themselves or you know what's the first thing you would advise to somebody who says to you I'm cycling and I've got back pain um, flexibility is is going to be one of the first things that we're we're looking at is there somewhere specific that that person can work on um, to enable their body to adapt better to being on on the bike um, we're looking at um, things things that they can really change day to day like um, how they're sitting at a desk yeah. you know if people will have pain specifically on the bike but it's probably linked to other things that they are doing off of the bike as well um, and it depends on what sort of back pain uh, this person has um, sometimes we would and and actually the majority of the time we would advise some rest period if someone is coming to us with back pain uh, a period of rest from cycling yeah. from cycling because if we if we're pointing to cycling as the causative factor um, in an ideal world we're taking some time out of that whilst working on other things which will be some off-bike mobility or strengthening um, to then once we are pain-free once you're feeling better about it all we get you back onto the bike um, for a bike fit from there on hopefully we have the bike fit looking good your body is feeling better more mobile you're working on the right things you understand um, what's going on um, and then you bring everything together so the bike fit hopefully is right the pedaling technique is right your pre or post stretching or strengthening program is right and then even your sleeping position your seated position at work you know what you're doing standing uh, on the weekends that kind of stuff if you're thinking about everything at the same time it should enable you to have more of a buffer on the bike itself so when you're doing lots of you know they've been gardening for the whole weekend and they've spent the entire time flex forward in quite a similar yeah. cycling position and then they're going out for an hour and having back pain exactly it's that you spent a lot of time almost on a bike and then you've yeah. gone out and ridden a bike for two hours so yeah. it just overloads no, one those. of those that aggravation yeah. yeah yeah i mean if we're earmarking sitting as the cause of their back pain then there's a whole host of things that they yeah. might be doing uh, bike being one of them and yeah as you're talking about and then with someone who has back pain is there a certain type of riding which will make it worse or better so hills um flats downhills generally which you can say you'll go back to flats or go back to hills is sure. there a way you kind of progress them back yeah. to cycling with the majority of uh pains on a bike we're making sure that person is spinning using their gears yeah. well so a high, high cadence, cadence is is going to be important uh, it just puts less pressure the whole way from your ankles up to your lower back um so really that's kind of the first thing you're thinking about utilizing the right muscles on the bike so what we we're talking about before pushing through the mid part of your foot rather than just your toes um would be a really good way to actually activate the right muscles and make you stronger um in the right muscles um and then potentially some on bike um, mobility um exercises too so actually not being in that exact same position the entire ride okay. especially if it's a tt position or um if you're doing a lot of uh, flat cycling where you're in a, in a in a group and you're really low um actually taking a bit of time to actually sit sit up do some uh, extension which is basically pushing up uh, okay. from that sitting position uh, changing what your muscles are doing giving them a bit of time rest. to rest and that might then enable you to actually ride for longer um, and give you a bit more of a buffer because you see some of the pros don't you kind of stretching in the middle of the peloton yep. in the middle mm -hmm. of the pack they'll unclip and get a leg out and put it in all sorts of weird positions yeah. but they're ex very experienced at doing that so i wouldn't yeah. advise unclipping well, they probably spend, put your leg on a neighbor <laughs> they probably spend more time on a bike than uh not well they do the hours <laughs> the hours they'll spend in you know think about a tour de france you yeah. know, five six hours a day yeah. 
three thousand kilometers yeah. over the course, two thousand kilometers. Yeah. How far do they go over three weeks? A long, a long way. It's wow. a lot. Yeah, and in terms of, of training as well, like just not going out and hitting the same high intensity ses- sessions all the time. The majority of your training and the majority of pros training are in this zone two. Um, yeah. area which is essentially you know you're riding and you'll be able to talk to the person next to you easily um so it's not hammering it every time exactly like 60 to 75 percent of your training should be in that zone um working the low level stuff actually really improves the ability to to uh, be on the bike for longer um, and to exercise for longer because you're you get better at burning uh, fat as a as an energy source um, exactly and then from there you don't go to race pace you then will do some sessions the extra 25 percent will be high intensity um, sprint sessions interval sessions that kind of stuff which can be on your bike at home on a turbo trainer uh, it could be on a on a what bike at the gym you know as long as it's set up well uh, like your um, race bike hmm. amazing right so that's a really good thing then to take away as a plan for people who might have pain you know there's lots of things that you can try on your bike to have a stretch have a rest you know, yeah, a bit of a rest from training as well, yeah. changing your sessions. And then when would you advise that someone actually sees someone in terms of, um, obviously, if they're having discomfort, getting a yeah. bike fit's important. When would you advise they see a medical professional, physio, yeah. chiropractor, osteopath, doctor? Yeah, so in terms of bike fitting, it would be at the start, um, mm-hmm. if possible. If you're just learning about all this stuff now, um, if your back pain is has been hanging around for a while, um make sure you have and you have tried some rest um go and see someone because just actually identifying what the issue is where it's coming from um and then working on the off bike stuff as well as potentially having some someone look at you on the bike is is so important you know it's there's nothing more valuable than actually understanding your issue understanding what's going on because that's going to help you in the long term and then have your therapist just help you get out of pain and specifically you can then understand what do i need to work on to actually become a better cyclist and that's what they can really help you with mm. so the best times now whether you've yeah, just absolutely. bought that bike whether you're yeah. about to whether you've been cycling and yeah. find some irritation what if you're a cyclist Mm-hmm. Uh, you might commute a couple hours a day. You might be doing triathlons. You're somewhere along that line and you're not getting pain. Should I still come in for a bike fitting? Uh, well, if you're not getting pain, um, I would first of all just say, you know, if you're lucky if you haven't had a bike fit <laughs> or you're not doing, you know, a huge amount and it's fine. It's if you're starting to increase the amount you're doing, mm. um, then it's important. Um, if you're starting to take it more seriously, if you're getting a new bike, because a lot of people will be fine on one bike and then they switch to another bike and because they've been fine on the first one, they assume they'll be fine on the next one and actually it doesn't necessarily work like that all the time. Um, So it will be... um, Especially for someone that's been riding a long time, we may change things half a centimeter. I've even changed a saddle height by two millimeters, and the guy has been like, "What the hell have you done?" <laughs> you know, they if someone's been riding in a position for a long time, they feel it. Mm. But in that early stage, you tend to be far more adaptable. So we can put you in that perfect position to begin with, to then um, enable you to build well. Okay, is there? And here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting at home. Yeah, I've not had pain so far. Yeah, thinking oh, I can probably get away with it. Let's give them something juicy. Can we increase performance with a bike fit? Of course we can. Oh, here we go. Now <laughs> yeah. the good stuff. Now their ears are up. So, of course, can we make them faster? 
Of course we care. The, the reason you will be faster and more powerful is if your muscles, like we were talking about before, um, being your quads, your glutes, if they are in the right ranges and we make sure that your cleats are in the right position for the glute and the quad to work well. Um, if your cleats are positioned uh, in the right position in terms of fore and aft where you're able to drive through the mid part of your foot and the engagement in the in the foot because a lot of people um, have a lot of movement in their shoe itself. Mm. So we, we tend to put a lot of insoles in um, to actually, again, secure and support the foot in the shoe because you want every ounce of your quad and your glute power going into that pedal not just and into the bike exactly you want it going directly into the into the bike so that when you try hard your bike tries hard for you right so if every um everything is working as it should we can always improve on things and it can be one thing that we you know we, we find um say you know someone's been riding for a long long time they've always done it that way um and they just think that's normal. When we change one small thing, it can have a radical radical difference. So you are going to beat your mates on a Sunday morning when if you, you get a good bike fit. It can if happen. You get a good bike fit, that's happen. the key. Yeah. yeah. We have had the odd rave review. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Fantastic. Any other questions from you, Dave? Uh, no, that I think that, um, that makes sense. I mean, the... Um, just the fact that this applies to everyone this is not just for cyclists this yeah, is yeah. for your weekend warriors this is for someone who uh, commutes yeah right once can, a week uh, just for fun exactly yeah. yeah you might be able to improve performance but also you're going to uh, decrease the likelihood of getting into a pain state that's the thing you don't have yeah. to be in raging pain to yeah. go and get the bike fit yeah. it's advisable beforehand um, I think that's that's a big takeaway for me for today yeah and, you know I'm here to obviously push bike fitting and, and all the rest of that but actually um, by understanding where you should be and, and that you are in the right position, actually cycling can be great for back pain. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have well, to exercise. cause pain. Actually, it's, it's brilliant to actually reduce back pain. So a person with back pain, if you're looking to get into cycling, making sure that you're going to see the right person obviously is extremely important so that you know that you're in the right position to then start and hopefully have a reduction in your symptoms. So not only, you know, will it will a bike fit help you hopefully reduce your back pain, um, it should prevent it going forward. And I think the the cleats was a big thing for me. Again, I'm not a bicyclist; it, it's not my thing. Mm -hmm. But um, so yeah, if you're if you're talking millimeters of change here is making these these big impacts, then of course if you're not using cleats every time you put your foot on that pedal, yep. you might be out a centimeter. You might have one forward a centimeter, one back a centimeter, even exactly. left to right. Every time you're readdressing that pedal, and probably after about ten repetitions strokes um uh 10 roundy rounds yeah. um, <laughs> after 10 strokes you might be a few mil out again yep. twisted in there might be rotation in there yeah, exactly. so the amount of change so it's get those cleats on get used to them get on the turbo trainer at home like rob said or in a car park and you know uh, uh kiss your knees goodbye yeah um but uh yeah what a difference that must make that's incredible yeah. i might have to um uh get <laughs> rid of the fear of cleats <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. It makes yeah. the one thing that makes a massive, mass instantly will yeah. make a massive difference. Mm. I mean, yeah. aside from back pain, just in terms of power and performance, you put cleats on and you go, "Oh, this yeah. is easier. Yeah. I can cycle. This is what. This is how you go faster." I always thought it was the wind resistance for my basket, but um, <laughs> uh, obviously, <laughs> it's the lack of cleats. This is what's been holding me back. Well, I, I, I when I did, a, I've never done a full Ironman. I did a half Ironman with Ricky, and uh, the I'll never forget coming into the home straight on the bike, and I was so tired, the tiredest I've ever been in my entire life. Mm. Um, and 
I got overtaken by two old people with like a basket and a baguette and like <laughs> no cleats. And I was, I came up behind them and I was like, I'm going to overtake them. And I overtook them and then just hit a wall and just died a death on the bike and just got overtaken again. And these people just like whistled. Were they in the races. race? Or? No, no, they were just going for, out, for a Sunday, out for a nice Sunday they're caravan. Just, they just come in for a bike fit with me, I think. Yeah, I think that's uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. <laughs> Good, I think. So that just about wraps it up. So Ricky, where can people go more? Go out, go to find more about you. Um, do you, are you on the socials or? Yeah, just uh, Ricky Davis Chiropractor. You, you'll find, find me online. Um, I practice from Summit Wellbeing, which is, uh, as I say, in, in Richmond and um, just more than happy to answer uh, emails, any questions you have, just, just fire away, really. We're, we're friendly people. So email the practice is a good place yeah, to get in contact. Absolutely. That's no Fantastic. problem. And we'll post those links to yeah, your the exercises, exercises in the in the show notes. Yeah. If um, so, if anyone is in London or the surrounding area, obviously Summit Wellbeing is the place to be. They should be yep. looking you up. Yep. If they're from further afield, if they're not even in the UK, sure. if they're uh, up north, yeah. What should they be searching for? Yeah, up north is in the UK. Day. <laughs> yeah, up north is in the UK. Nice debate. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm in Scotland, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, if, if they're further afield, they yeah. haven't they haven't got the, the capability of getting down to see yourself. Yeah. What should they search for? I mean, to make there sure are they're fit as good. Yeah, there are many specific certifications, and I would look for something like that, and the person that is both interested themselves in cycling um, and has some experience. Mm. Um, they've been doing it for a little bit. Look for some reviews um, online. It's always a good way to, to do it. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm biased, but potentially looking for someone with a, th- a therapist background, I think is invaluable because the bike fit, you know, it's, it's a very important part of this whole process, but actually having someone understand you, your pain, um, how to reduce it and um, just being more specific with it all um, I think is again is so so important because you can change one small thing on the bike and yes it can have a huge effect but if you are lacking hamstring range like we were talking before or other um, other limitations uh, that can then lead you to just continue having the same things over and over again so someone who understands the whole process fantastic brilliant yeah well thank you very much for listening um for those who want to find out more about us or a back pain podcast we have a facebook group which is called low back pain and sciatica support group uk Uh, there's about a thousand people in there we have a really really good group of people who ask lots of questions about back pain helping people out with advice about doctors who to go and see and lots of questions we do live videos in there and and post lots of tips which you can help yourself and help your back pain Mm. thanks very much for listening and have a great day Thank you, guys. Thank you, Rick. No problem. Thank you.